And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording Wednesday, February 28th for another episode. Uh, we're ready. We're here. We got an email today from longtime listener, Philip. Shout out, Philip. Happy birthday, Philip, per usual. Happy, happy birthday. Yep, he was waiting you. for it. <laughs> um, and he mentioned that some of the podcasts he listened to were, you know, just basically promote themselves at the start. So we've been doing that. So we very much appreciate uh, if you guys would leave a like on the video. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Mm-hmm. We post Celtics videos every single day, full length, hour plus, usually hour 10 plus podcasts uh, on Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday Um, videos at 5 a.m. in your inbox. If you hit that notification bell on YouTube, as well as live streams uh, on Mondays and Fridays, sometimes Wednesdays now, too, with Bobby Kravitzky. Probably Wednesdays quite a bit going forward Mm -hmm. until at least the start of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Fingers and. And pregame shows before every single game. So like the video, subscribe to the channel, help us reach more people, uh, grow the How About Them Celtics community. And I mean, Sam can tell you where to find us elsewhere as well. I mean, we're on Spotify and Apple too. So if you're like, I don't know, at the gym or whatever, and you're not pulling up YouTube and sitting there watching it, you can still find (laughs) us on both those streaming platforms. The pods and game recaps are there for you. So we're there probably almost every single day. You can also yeah. uh, email us hbtcpod at gmail.com. You're going to see we are going through plenty of emails today. So we appreciate anybody that chimes in and tells us how they're feeling about the team. The socials are at How About Them Seas. It's on the screen for Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Facebook is the name of the podcast. Our live streams are on Facebook. They're on YouTube and they're on Twitter. And Jack's Twitter is at Jack's Money NBA. Mine's at Sam LaFrance NBA. So you can get streams on you know all of those platforms. <laughs> It's usually the outro. So when you said yeah. mine, Sam, I was waiting for that's it for us. Bye. No, I, was waiting, no, I, was I, I, I caught it in my head. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, I'm not going to say it. Well, cause that's I listen when, <laughs> whenever I edit to like chop the end off, I hear that like over and over. And over. So I was like, I was ready, but yeah, leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel, turn the notification bell on. You get videos from us literally every single day. We're here uh, at 5. AM unless YouTube decides to uh, screw us over again, but we're hoping they don't. So holy ball from YouTube yesterday. Is terrible. <laughs> we appreciate y'all, but, uh, speaking of bully ball, the Celtics are fucking with the rest of the NBA. They sure are. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about the Celtics Sixers. Uh, was last night as we we're recording this, it was Tuesday night. Got the win. Uh, we did a video on that. If you'd like to see our thoughts, go check that out. But they spent the first half sort of accepting the fact that Nick Nurse was deciding to take the three ball away, right? They only shot 22 threes on the night. And they decided to attack the paint more, get to the post, take some free throws, force that issue. I wrote about it for Celtics blog. I don't think Joe Mazzulla went into the night expecting, all right, I'm going to mess around here. We're going to experiment. But when Nick Nurse popped up with the, we're not going to let you shoot threes, Joe Mazzulla, I feel like in his mind was like, all right, you know what? We're going to see how we do not shooting threes. And he changed the rotations a little bit. He left Jalen Brown in for Tatum's usual minutes, left Tatum in for Brown's usual minutes, like flipped that a little bit, um, which he said was a coincidence, which I don't know how much that's true. And then they didn't take a lot of threes. They instead forced the issue, sort of addressed the general consensus that they can't win without threes. Um, before the all-star break, Joe Mazzulla was asked before the Nets game, like the last game uh, before the break, um, what do you do during the break by Gary Washburn? And he said, so I have a list of 10 to 12 things that we need to get better at as a team. And so I'll go through the calendar of the games and figure out when those things become thematic, when we need to institute them, how we can approach them, whether it's a practice or a shoot around, making those themes important to where we're trying to get to. So I'll definitely plan that. Effectively, Joe Mazzulla said, I'm going to look at our schedule and see when we can fuck around and test shit. 
Like he's like, I'm gonna see when we can we can mess with teams. Like the Celtics are using the rest of the league now as their laboratory experiment. They're guinea pigs, they're crash test dummies, as I said in my article. Like they're well, they're just like picking and choosing, like, yep, I'm gonna mess with this team, I'm gonna mess with this team. This is what we're gonna do against these guys. And while it may not be intentional, like I, the article I wrote was potentially unintentional experiment, like they might not go into all of these games saying we're going to test this, this, and this, but even the Bulls and Knicks games, they're like, all right, we're getting beat in the post. Let's switch up the coverage. Let's change this. And it worked. We were getting beat in the pick and roll. We're not going to blitz Jalen Brunson. We're going to drop back. See how that we're like, they're just testing stuff now. Right. And they're so good that they can get away with it. And we're going to talk about it later. They test stuff for the first half and then they just decide, all right, game's over third That's quarter. We're going to win that. now. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're literally just messing with the rest of the league. Yeah, you knew yesterday, or I should say Monday, when the tweet came out from Celtics PR that was like, hey, yo, Jordan Walsh is coming to town for Tuesday's game against yeah. Philly. That they kind of had a feeling that they'd be able to have their way with the Sixers. So it doesn't seem as surprising that Joe Missoula was out there flipping Tatum and Brown's minutes, which you said. He was like, ah, it's just a coincidence. But all of us upstairs didn't really feel like it was a coincidence. It felt very like deliberate and planned and abnormal like i don't know how many times we've all noticed that before the fact that they only took 22 threes and still won is pretty interesting because they have made an identity out of out shooting their opponent not necessarily only going for threes but just getting as many shots as they can i know justin turpin was telling us they actually have less shots than their opponents by 34 total shots or 134 total shots for the whole year but you know what's crazy what he also told us They've also taken 300 more threes than their opponents. Correct. Meaning they so have that taken makes up for it. Yeah, but meaning they have taken 400 fewer twos than their opponents, which is insane. Yeah. So that's like a big proponent of why yesterday's win was so impressive and how it was different than a lot of the games that we have seen. I mean, the Celtics shot 37 free throws in that game yesterday, and it wasn't a ref screw job type thing. Philly got into foul trouble because they had no answer for the Celtics inside. Kristaps Porzingis got himself 12 attempts. Jalen had 11 or 10, and Tatum had 11. They just made it a point of emphasis to get inside. You told me this several times. No, they shot 80% at the rim, which I keep asking you for the number. I finally remembered it. 80% <laughs> at the rim. And when they weren't making their shots at the rim, they also got fouled. And they they put pressure on Philly's defense. They didn't have Joel Embiid. Their front court, besides Embiid, is not very good defensively. B-Ball Paul, Tobias Harris, and the fellas out there aren't going to exactly get you a ton of stops. So the Celtics just picked them apart. I mean, Bobby mentioned it when we did talk and sees. First play of the game, switch on Tyrese Maxey, Tatum, spin move baseline, easy layup. Just set mm -hmm. the tone right from the jump. And it's very calming to see the Celtics dominate a game, dominate a second half by getting inside. This is important. I don't think they should abandon shooting threes. I think it's a good mathematical um, strategy. But when the threes are not falling, which they were not against Philly, it is nice to know that you do have the personnel to dominate a game in the paint. I agree. And I think the Celtics have the personnel to do that. And so seeing them actually put it in action is, is good and, and makes you feel like they can win in other ways, which is important heading into the playoffs. And I think it makes up for their magic game, which I talked about on talking C's like 
the Magic lost earlier in the season was they shot 37 free throws as well. Like Philly tied their season high. And it also, I don't think so coincidentally, was their previous lowest three-point attempt night. Like they attempted 29 that last night, or against the Magic, 22 against Philly. Those are their lowest two bottoms. So I think it shows the growth of the Celtics that they are now able to take advantage of their size inside. Also, the Magic are probably a better defensive team than this current Philly constructed unit. But I think it's progress in the sense of the Celtics are dealing with physicality and accepting that drive to the paint more. Um, Celtics are now one nine straight, which we, we can touch on here in this section as well. However, if they want to extend it, they've got some tough games coming up ahead. Um, next few games, they got Dallas on Friday, Golden State Sunday, Cleveland, Denver, Phoenix. And then they have a little stretch where they get a little bit easy of a schedule. Looking ahead, Sam, I'll, I'll share the screen. I'll share the schedule on the screen here. I have a question for you. Okay. I wonder what, what my ex- answer is going to be. <laughs> what experiments are they going to run during these games? Okay, I'm not asking. I thought we were going to get. I'm not going to ask you how long it should be because I know your answer is they should win every game. They should win right? all the games. That I'm I'm used to that answer. What I want to know, Sam, is looking at this schedule. This is the Celtics schedule for the rest of the season. What experiments are they going to run and when? All right. So cut off a little. I'll change it so it's back in the middle. Dallas on Friday. I think you may see some some real targeted switching post ups for Drew Holiday. Oddly enough, like Drew Holiday overpower. posting. Yes, like okay. I think he can overpower Kyrie. I think that's a good way to exploit Kyrie is making him play a lot of defense. He's not going to have as much energy in his legs to create shots on the offensive end. You'll see the shot start to the front of the rim. So really trying to put pressure on Dallas to play defense, I think, is the way that they will try and ultimately win the game. I don't know if that's a good answer for how I think they're going to experiment. No, I like it because I think that's what they could do against Cleveland, too. Posting up Mitchell and Garland, like seeing if they can win that way in the playoffs, I think is important. And it, like you said, it is important. Like you saw them on Saturday against the Knicks. Target Jalen Brunson in the post. Jalen Brown went right through him several times, and it made it so he wasn't completely a net positive. Jalen Brunson wasn't out there, could do no wrong. No, he was a target on the defensive end. It's a reason why since Tatum has come into the league, you have seen some of the Celtics teams maybe not do as well in the playoffs as you would have hoped. Specifically, the bubble Celtics with Kemba, Kemba just became a target on defense, and it's one of the reasons why he's not in the NBA anymore. Yes, he does not have the same burst he once had, and for a six-foot point guard, you're going to need that athleticism to be able to actually contribute in the NBA. But in today's league, the talent is so high, everybody also has to be able to play defense. And this is not necessarily going to be a knock on somebody like Jalen Brunson, but players like him, Kyrie, Darius Garland, all are on the smaller side for guards now and are not the most gifted defensively. So if you are able to formulate a game plan to exploit that weakness in your opponent, especially over the course of a playoff series, you have to do it. And the Celtics are deep enough to where if they are able to make them crack and over adjust, then they are going to just murder them with other options like Kristaps or even like Tatum, I guess, because we're not like Tatum needs to get these switches and post up. Like, no, mm. literally pick whatever guard and post them up, whoever the matchup yeah. is. 
You see him do it with Marcus. All right, I'm gonna stop talking. No, I, I agree, and I, I think they've showed that a little bit throughout the season, um, where they'll they'll focus on the switches like they did against the Nets a lot, where they were just like, "Sorry, Cam Thomas, you're getting bullied." <laughs> and it's not exactly the same team, but effectively, like they pick out the weakness and they're like, "All right, you lose now." And shit, right? even like, Dame. Shit, I can't play defense. Well, somebody that's like what Dame I was say in next. Milwaukee. So I was gonna say next, I think Golden State's gonna be a big defensive game where they. Dame and Steph Curry are not the same player. Like you, Steph Curry is on another level. But in terms of going over versus under screens, I wonder how much they'll test out having Derek White try to contest from behind while having a guard like come to the level and then rotating that. So I feel like guarding Steph Curry could at least be a little bit of a practice run for guarding Dame, even though Dame is not as good as Steph Curry. But at the same time, Dame has a far better pick and roll partner than Steph Curry does right now. So. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really think you can compare Kaminga and, and Giannis, but <clears throat> maybe that's me. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's going to be a thing. I think Denver is just going to be, see how well we can guard Jokic again. How the hell can we beat Denver? I don't think Denver is an experiment game. I think Denver is a, <laughs> let's go into uh, Ball Arena and get some revenge. because They, they play Denver well. Home. They play Denver very well, well no, they last do. time. They did, um, too. I, but I think yeah. over the last couple of years, they've been pretty consistent against them as well. And I hate playing the O was an outlier game card. I mean, what the hell do you want from the Celtics in that game at some point? You know what I'm saying? Like, there comes a point where you're just like, all right, like, come on. Give what me, do you want from the Celtics in that game? Maybe no. put the ball in the basket at the end of the game. Yes. In the yes. last they, four they minutes when shots, nobody scored. I'm talking about defense. Yes. They, the, yes. They oh, I'm, not, the I'm not here they to trash offense, defense. It was like, what? That's what I was talking 99? Like, it was a low scoring yeah. game by today's standards. That's, That's why it was infuriating because they I know. did the hard part. They stopped them. And but, it was also annoying because, like, they did get good shots at the end of that game, too. Like, it wasn't like the offense. They was got terrible. okay shots. They made some brain mistakes, and I didn't love it. But, like, me, me and the boys could have been out there trying to get baskets. It would have went the same way. It is tough. It is what it is. So <clears throat> just use that to adjust. Outside of that, I mean, these Washington Detroit <laughs> games, uh, <laughs> They're gonna be funny. They're gonna be so funny. <laughs> well, I'm Phoenix, very excited. And Phoenix would be an interesting one, don't you think? Because Phoenix has no depth. They added Royce O'Neal at the trade deadline, and I think he's been pretty well playing pretty well for them. But the whole story with Phoenix is they're so top heavy. All the money is in Durant, Beal, and Booker, and Nurkic has been okay for them too. I'm curious to see what they're going to do to try and exploit. Beal slash Booker, who are not known as the greatest defenders. Is it going to be more of a post-up down low thing? I don't think so, but I think you might see some more targeted attacks. You might see them really working and doing anything they can to get those guys switched onto the stars. I think that's going to be a lot of the Celtics offense here on out is just targeting people on defense. Like I feel like that's going to be a huge part of everything they do, which rightfully so. Like When you are have as much talent as the Celtics do like it makes sense for you to want to <laughs> to do that and utilize that on the defensive end um I'm curious to see what other defenses they run like are you going to test out more zones are they going to do you know <clears throat> less two one two more switching are they going to switch everything are they going to like I don't know more drop like they did against the Knicks they have a lot of places they can go um <clears throat> this second half of the stretch I literally the NBA is their their lab they're, they're lab rats for the Celtics now Get as they push the for the playoffs. Yeah. Literally. I mean, that's what they're doing. <laughs> it's it's very funny. Uh, but, all right. Um, 
Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's a tournament season or the fight for a playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. Testing my skills on Prize Picks this season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $1,000 with just a few taps. Prize Picks is really simple to play, and I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Download the app today and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. Use the code CLNS for the first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Next thing we got, we touched on it briefly. Uh, third quarters have now become Celtics win. Sorry, uh, rest of the league. Um, early in the Which season, we were on here complaining that they sucked in the third quarters because they did. They were a really bad third quarter team. And now over the past win streak, they have been dominant. They're shooting, I believe, something along the lines of 53 from the field and 50% from three in the third quarter and holding opponents to sub 40% shooting overall or around 40% and like sub 30 from three. So they're like completely just killing guys in in the third quarter. Yeah, and the like power rankings of times in the game I would like to see the Celtics play well, probably the end of the game. But then close second is right after halftime because having known the contrary of what we're seeing right now, that shit is fucking annoying. When you watch your team play really well for the entire first half just to come out and piss it all away in the first five minutes, it'll make you rip your hair out. Not only are you seeing the Celtics do the opposite, where you're like, all right, like they played okay in the first half, but I know they're just going to come out and stomp whoever's on the other side. You also have to know the other side is feeling that pull your hair out type situation. It's just like, God fucking damn it. We played so well and now it's gone. And the Celtics doing that is just so much better. It's a way that you can win your way to a championship. You can wear teams down. You can break their spirit by coming out strong in the second half and just displaying the switch that they can flip can't be valued enough. Like this is such great basketball we're seeing and such great focus in the third quarter. It's such a luxury to have for the Celtics. And I'm happy to see that they have finally figured it out. Yeah. Huge for them to be able to dominate these third quarters. It really helps them have the freedom to sort of, mess around for the rest of the game <laughs> and figure out what they want to do. So good for them. Uh, something we talked about on talking seas uh, breaking news came out while we were on talking seas. Drew holiday. is going to play for the 2024 Olympics. He'll be part of team USA. Shams also confirmed that Tatum was among the other guys who were confirmed to be playing along, along with, excuse me, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Steph Curry, and Joel Embiid. So six man roster so far <clears throat> of the 12, that's already half the roster, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, but Drew Holiday and Jason Tatum will be on it. So a third of Team USA right now is the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, listen, it'll be kind of fun to watch in the summer because the summer sucks. And it'll be good for our content where, oh, look, Drew Holiday had a good game. Oh, Tatum had a good game. And I know they had the FIBA thing this summer, but I don't think, no, there were no Celtics on that team. So we didn't care. 
No. Especially, I didn't care. Well, we cared uh, about Pritchard on the select team, though. Yeah, the select team was sick. He did a really cool crossover and got a layup. But having these guys on Team USA will be fun for us. It'll be like we can actually do videos on it and things like that. So from that standpoint, I care. I always have the like urge to root against Team USA because they're always such heavy favorites where it's like not even fun if they win. I don't pick a team and be like, I want this team to win, but it's like, oh, like if they lose, everybody wins. So you're going to be rooting against uh, Tatum and Holiday this summer? Uh, <laughs> no. Partially? No? Oh, no? We converted you. All right. Well, that's good. Um, so everyone has been complaining that the Boston media mafia uh, has drummed up a Jason Tatum MVP campaign. And I understand it to some degree because it does feel like it's come out of nowhere. I was on um, I was on a radio show earlier today. I mean, it goes out last night as you guys are listening to this. Um, and I was asked uh, by Marcus Fitzgerald, who hosts a radio show in Vancouver, um, basically like about this. And the way I look at it is I feel like he wasn't in the conversation enough beforehand. But now people are like mad that it's overblown. And you need to live somewhere in between where, yes, he's probably like top three, but he shouldn't win. Like you need to like find that middle ground, like not just all in or all out. Uh, but uh, not just Boston. Draymond Green talked about it. Uh, he said, so the MVP race right now, Joker is the leader on DraftKings, SGA, Luka, Giannis, and Tatum in the next four. You know, sometimes it's like the team is winning and the guy's the best player and playing well. Uh, clearly, the goalpost has shifted dramatically because in this guy's case, he's fifth. They get a seven and a half game lead. The goalpost is mo- goalpost is moving on JT. I don't know what JT got to do. Uh, and so, handshake, respect, Draymond under he gets. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you make a really good point about like, oh, like we weren't really talking about Tatum before, and why is that? Well, I don't think Tatum was super consistent this year. I've said it a million times, and I know you said like not everyone's watching every single game, so you might not notice as much, and that's fair. But if he was not in the conversation before the uh, all-star break and this whole media push has started to happen, then realistically, he's just not going to win. It's not going to happen. And the whole in the conversation thing is such garbage anyway, because it, it is, it's garbage. It's not, it is a conversation because some people think he should win. That's why it's a conversation just because you don't think he should win. Doesn't mean like in the conversation doesn't mean he's not going to win. Definitely not just because like you don't think he's going to win. Doesn't mean he doesn't have a chance. That's why it's he's a conversation. not going to win. Because people have different opinions. I agree with you, but other people ha- can have different opinions, which is why it's a conversation not and not a dictatorship. <laughs> the voters don't have that opinion. Some people are coming out saying, I think he should win. Like there will be people who eventually who probably vote for him for first place in MVP, which is why it's a conversation. It's just he's a small part of the conversation. But like the fact that he's probably going to get first place votes is a reason why it's not a dictatorship. Like just just because we don't think he'll probably win doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to be like talked about as a candidate. I don't know. Like, he's not. This is this is this. That's not how candidacy works. (laughs) There's like two guys that could probably win. (laughs) Yes or no? Like, realistically, like it's probably between SGA and Jokic. In my mind, yes, that's what I think. But other people could have different opinions. Those are the guys in the conversation. No, because our opinions. You're a moron. That's not how opinions work. You because uh, then whatever, you then you have thing. these people coming in. Oh, Jalen Brunson should be in the conversation. He should be in the conversation. Like, no, he's not. He's not going to win. 
that's the conversation. He's not going to win. This is this no, Tatum, is the only Tatum child. Is different thing. than this Jaylen is an Brunson. only child take. This is an only. No, child it's not. Take. It absolutely is because conversation no, is about you more than all just these your guys opinion. Guys that come out every year that are supposedly in the conversation and they never fucking win. They're never close, and it doesn't matter. It's just filling media slots, and it's it's what I guess the whole award is supposed to do because they want people to talk about the NBA and get excited for the playoffs. The award itself means nothing. This is like the all-star game. It's like, this guy should be in the conversation to be an all-star. It's like, eh, don't care. Don't care. They don't care. What do we care? The MVP is a little different. It's not the all-star game. But I think Tatum is closer to actually being a candidate than a lot of other people that you hear, well, that guy should be in the conversation. But I just don't think it's going to happen is really the point. The in the conversation phrase just always fucking pisses me off because it's it's not what it is. What they actually are is an honorable mention, which means they are not. They are not the guy. That's what you're saying. He but is you can't not the guy. you can't get to the guy without having a conversation about the candidates, and that's what candidacy is, and the conversation is. So if Jokic wins MVP, the candidate was Shea. That's it. That's not that's it. how. That's not how it works. <laughs> If Jokic wins MVP, Shea lost. He's not a candidate anymore. He Candace did, happens he did before lose before the voting. Candidacy but there is was about a players who are in the chance running. that he would win the MVP. But th- there's more than just two candidates in every presidential race. Maybe not realistic candidates, but that's why you have a conversation. You come to it, and there's this. That's why, like, we're not like at the end of it all yet. By the end of it all, there'll probably be a clear two man race. Yes, I agree. But for now, people are talking about it because there are other guys who could win. If Shea and Jokic go down with an injury or something, God forbid, or or, or they they fall off a cliff and they suck, and Tatum goes on a run where he averages thirty, then the conversation will get closer. That's why we have it. That's why people talk about it. Well, to your initial point. He was nobody was talking about him before the All Star break. Now there has been a PR push. Whether you want to say it's because the, the Celtics team. have because the Celtics have expanded their lead drastically on the NBA, and Tatum has improved his play. It's because him and his team have, have improved really themselves. In the rest of the league, I feel like they've been recently like head and shoulders above everybody for a while. No, it's you can find it. It was in line with when Tatum began to to, to find it. Like, let me find maybe you're NBA right. standings by date basketball reference. Let's take a look when it really started to build. Um, sorry for my dog barking. By the way, someone else is in the house. So I'm even then, like, but the Celtics were still the best team. Yes, but it wasn't like head and shoulders. There was a point like a, a month and a half ago when the Bucks were like three games behind, two games behind, and it was like a real race. And now it's seven and a half above the Cavs, right? Like, like looking at. Started January, it was the Celtics at 26 and 6 and Milwaukee at 24 and 9. Like it, it was right there. Like they're they're neck and neck. Three game difference, and, yeah. And then you look even even yeah, the end yeah. of January, January 20th, it was 32 and 10 versus 29 and 13. Like four games, like three games right there. Another seven and a half games up on the next one. That is why the candidacy has happened. Yes, it is like a little bit of a push, but like but something like huge is happening. Team thing too, which is like well, but and Tatum, like you said, struggled in December. January, February, like motherfucker is completely expanded his game been a playmaker like improved his efficiency his step back efficiency has skyrocketed like he has also improved his play which is why he has entered the conversation more exactly he's been better and so while i personally don't think he should like is the by winner right now and you don't either there are people out there who will genuinely vote for him and genuinely think he's yes i think he's third okay all right i i would say it's convo (laughs) after three i don't want to hear it 
Well, some people have different top threes, and I agree with the consensus top three right now. Like, I think that is mine, and I think you agree with what it is. But that's why people talk and have a conversation because some people would genuinely put Giannis above some of these guys or Luca above some. Of these and guys. that's fine. But the thing is, is like, if you're arguing whether or not the guy's in the top three, then guess what? He's not even fucking close to actually winning well, the thing. Some people think Lucas should win right now. Genuinely. I disagree. I, I disagree with you too, but like that's an opinion people have, which is why people talk about it and have a conversation. And I hate these awards with a burning passion because one, Shocker. it creates situations like this, but two, it's all subjective. It's just like, ah, oh, what do you think? And it's like, I don't know who that is what cares, it is. really. It is. Subjective. I don't know yeah. if there's a way to actually make a counting statistical race for this, but it'd make it way better. There is no way to do that. Or at least <laughs> some kind of rubric or, or some shit that's like, hey, this is what we want. That We're going to give this many points because your team's in first place. Like when they do the all-star votes, right? Even though the fan voting's nonsense and the actual selection process is nonsense, they do have a legitimate tally. And I know they do for the MVP, first, second, third place votes. But if the actual MVP candidacy score was determined by this guy's team is in this place. So first place would be five points and so on. Four, three, two, one. Anything lower than mm -hmm. fourth place is only one point. And then it's like he's uh, top five in scoring would be five points. But then how do you count on. for like, like you give five, four, three, two, one, 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 whatever. How do you count for the fact that the, like. Or maybe zero. Well, the gap between five and four is one point versus like, like it's significant. Maybe it's team better. wins. I understand what you're saying. It's funny because Henry and I are losers, and over COVID, we we like had this 2K sim where we just sim the league, but we wanted mm -hmm. to like do that. We were like, let's like because the awards are crap in 2K. They gave it to whoever. Like you could not make the playoffs and win it's MVP. A stat award. <clears throat> yeah. So Henry and I made a what effectively what you just said, like a formula. We said, okay, it'll be number of team wins plus player fit like per like their how much they impacted winning plus this plus this and like add it together and shay won like eight straight mvps because the thunder won like 70 games every year so he was just the mvp um and so it, it was it was yeah effectively that but <clears throat> i don't know i i, I do i don't it was that way because then then if it's like close right like we all know like it's like watching the standings right we're like, we all know, we're like, okay, like, oh, like, this team could win the West. That team could win the West. That would be how it is with the MVP, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be able to come on here and be like, well, that guy's just not going to fucking win, because he's just not. I'll put it this way. I, I think the conversation term, uh, I understand why it gets you angry, but I, I think the reason why you can talk about some of these guys is because while unlikely, like, let's say there's 100 universes, there is one where Tatum wins we'll MVP see. still this season, right? Like, there is still one where I think Tatum could win that award. There's still a universe, I think, where Giannis could potentially get it. Maybe it's one out of the hundred, but it's still there. I think there's a world where Luca gets it. And so I think those top five deserve to at least be the quote, whatever, like as minute a chance. Like I think in, in 60 of them, Jokic wins, 30 of them, Shea wins, eight of them, Tatum wins, and one of each of them. But like the fact that it's even still a possibility is why people talk about them and put them there. Right. And and the closer we well, get to the end of the season, like the closer we get to thing. April, though, he will fall out and people will talk about them as much. To your point. One reason after you saying what you just said. The new games rule. I guess it would be important to have guys that are like kind of there. Because, say, player X gets hurt or misses several games and all of a sudden does not qualify. 
then it would go to them by default. And I truly just can't wait for the first MVP that's like the fourth guy. Everyone's like, well, that guy sucks. So Mickey Mouse MVP. Like we are going to eventually get a Mickey Mouse MVP and it's going to be awesome. And it, it could be Tatum, but it, it's going to be hilarious because no one's going to actually respect the award. I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's uh, let's check in with the email, see what y'all have to say. I know we have a bunch today, but first, let's go to the in-pop needle wheel. I believe we have five entrants today. Uh, again, comment what's popping on this video for a chance to win a $10 in-pop needle gift card. Uh, and if you won, I forget who won last episode, but send us an email. We'll get you hooked up with in-pop needle. So let's see uh, what's going on here. Five entrants. Henry is one of them. Nepotism on the line here. Uh, Henry snubbed again. <laughs> Tough for Henry. Manny hey, Gonzalez. Gonzalez, the winner. Congrats. Email us at hbtcpod at gmail.com. Uh, we'll get you hooked up with an in-pop needle gift card. Thanks for entering, Manny. We appreciate you. All right. Um, let's go to the email here. Uh, first one, we have 10 emails today. A lot to dig through here. Ryan Hall, uh, SM versus DB versus uh, LS. This is Mikhailu, Banton, Stevens. Uh, Ryan said, so during the trade deadline, it seemed that the three people on the trading block to be sent out were Sfee, Banton, and Lamar. Out of those three, do you think we keep the best player of the three in fee, or did we? Uh, I personally do. He's the only one with an elite asset. He's a knockdown three-point shooter with multi-40% years uh, with high-ish usage. He's also a cheap option down the line if, for some reason, we can't re-sign Hauser. To me, Lamar and Banton are okay players, but no skill set that makes them more useful than anybody else on the team. Thoughts? Much love, Ryan, a.k.a. UFC, Dana White. Um, this was always my argument. Like he's the only one, only one with an NBA level skill. I do think Lamar's defense might have been the next thing, like to get him on that. And maybe you want that more, but I think the Celtics have enough wing defenders in the, to the point where, like you said, like if somebody does, God forbid, get hurt or, or not resign, like you have another shooter that says fee is not good on defense. So I don't know. I think it's tough between him and Lamar, but I, I'm not going to throw a hissy fit over keeping his fee. It's like the last guy on the bench. It really doesn't matter. The only reason I think this is a good thing to talk about is because of how well Lamar Stevens and Banton have played after being traded. Like everyone's like got sellers remorse. So like, well, maybe, maybe we should all kept them. And realistically, I don't think you can go down the line on the Celtics bench and be like, I think Lamar Stevens should have played over this guy. I think Delano Benton should have played over this guy. It's just not happening. They probably kept around the best cast of characters they possibly could. I think Svi, to your point, is the only one that has a skill where if you were like, hey, Sam, in mid-May, he's going to win them a playoff game by coming in and making five threes, I wouldn't be like, that's crazy. If you told me that the Celtics won a playoff game because of Delano Benton, I'd be like, uh, did everyone else get hurt? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I back that. All right. Next email from Matt Henderson. Embiid versus Nuggets. Uh, it's crazy that Embiid hasn't played the Nuggets since November 2019. I think it's that he hasn't played in Denver since. Yeah, he hasn't played in Denver. Um, he did play the game that they came to Philly. Yeah, shocker. If you were a competitor, wouldn't you circle that game on the calendar this year? Joel sat down again during the season matchup five days earlier. He put up 70 on the Spurs. Uh, I guess he just doesn't want to play in Denver. He just wants to play him on his own turf. Gets tired. Gets <laughs> yeah, tuckered out. Um, I remember this last year because it was, we're all having the MVP conversation. 
And it was actually between the two guys. And Embiid straight up didn't show up to the game when they actually played each other. And for me, if I was a voter, that would have been like, that's the end of it. Like, Jokic will win again. Like, you you should have to, like, play the head-to-heads or whatever. And there was something that came out today. I don't think it's on the sheet, so I'll talk about it here. That TV executives are none too pleased with Adam Silver because the stars keep sitting national TV games, which to the, like, players, like, I mean, you, you can't control if you're hurt for certain games. And I know they put in, like, all the new load management rules to try and combat this. But it is, like, I don't know. And be, like, not playing against Denver is a... But then he didn't play this year, and then all of a sudden was hurt, like, two games later. So maybe everyone gave him shit this year, and it was just not deserved. But he maybe, maybe you know, you cry wolf and no one believes you. Yeah, we'll see. Um <laughs> Embiid's something, man. He's he, what a guy. Uh, what's pop? Oh wow. What's popping? Soccer rules from Lucas Holanda. Hello, Jack and Sam. My first email to you guys. I wanted to share one big similarity, at least in my opinion, uh, in two tactical revolutions, both in soccer, uh, association football, and basketball. <clears throat> this is kind of sick. I'm excited. Uh, in the early 1970s, Dutch team AX or Ajax is it Ajax. Ajax. Or Ajax. Okay, I was close. Uh, used a system called Total Football, cre- uh, credited by manager uh, Renus Mikels. Uh, that basically, which any non-goalie player can take the role of the other. This Ajax team, led by John uh, Cruyff, did manage to win three Champions Leagues at the time of the European Cup, and Johan himself implemented his version uh, of the system in the 90s as ma- manager of Barcelona and was influenced by uh, and influenced Guardiola, Barcelona player. Fuck Pep. To do the same uh, at the late 2000s teams, uh, team with Messi as the main player and continued to make a tactical impact uh, in Bayern and now in Man City. Actually, the Netherlands football team, the Clockwork Orange, uh, was the one to become famous worldwide for implementing the system in the 70 World Cup that they lost in the final to West Germany. Uh, I'll read the rest and we'll go over the chart. Uh, and this configuration, particularly in the pitch and how the teams that used this approach of the game resembles the concept of the triangle offense implemented by the Bulls in the 1990s. Tell me guys what you think about it. Best regards from Brazil, uh, Lucas Pipolo. Pipolo. Thanks. Lucas, Lucas. So they actually talked about this on Ted Lasso. Have you hmm. seen Ted Lasso, all of it? Uh, I haven't seen the f- third season, but I've seen the first two. Okay, so in the third season, season like Ted is uh, trying to figure out how to strategically help his team be better, yeah. to say the least. And I think he's in some American-themed bar in the UK, and he's got tvs with 30 for 30s on and there's also like all kinds of images about great american sports figures on the wall he sees the 90s bulls and essentially is brought back to this football strategy through the triangle offense so almost reverse the way that lucas uh, presented it to us and this is absolutely a great way for the celtics to play offense it's with the specific talent levels on this team being so high where everybody can kind of fill everybody else's role. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to play basketball like this. And on a defensive note, their rotations, you have to imagine take similar form to this where, I mean, all of the NBA has defensive rotations, but everybody's just kind of covering everybody's back. If something goes wrong. 
Yeah, it makes sense. It is kind of what the Celtics have done on defense this year, uh, in large part, like the rotation. Is that what you just said? It is indeed. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to respond to an email. I've got something happening tonight that I need to respond to in the middle of this. So I'm, I'm multitasking. Um, but yeah, like the way the Celtics have rotated this year is Drew Holiday the freedom to do whatever the hell he wants. And that's what he's doing. Uh, and so I wonder how much of Joe Missoula's meeting was learning more of that versus learning more of off-ball cutting on offense. Like, what do you think was his goal? Like, because this feels like it's probably a part of it. Like, his meeting this with Pep? specific thing. Yeah. Well, because Pep was a part uh, of this. I think part so... of this, I, I think part of it is really learning how to excel as a team, which could be this. But soccer is such a team-based game, and it's a very slowed-down version of basketball with more players to me. Mm-hmm. But much less scoring, of course. But ball movement is still the key towards – actually creating successful offense in both sports. We talked yesterday, I think at the game, just to us like individually about do heliocentric teams of basketball actually work? And mm-hmm. the consensus answer was not really. You can be kind of good, but you're never going to be the best. We've seen Harden's teams be really good, get to the conference finals, go to game seven against the Warriors, but never got past them. We've seen Luca's teams go to the conference finals. Uh, who was the last guy we talked about? I forget. It was somebody might have been relevant to yesterday. I don't know. Regardless, the takeaway was the, the basketball is best if the ball moves. Soccer is best if the ball moves. It has to move because there's so many guys. There's so much space to cover. That is the quickest way to build up an attack. So if you're playing basketball, it's the quickest way to move the defense around. Even if you're playing man-to-man, guys are spaced off of you if you are two passes away etc there's still movement that has to happen within the defense to make sure the coverage is right so do you think this applies more to offense or defense then in your opinion the graphic looks a lot more like defense but i agree but do you think joe was talking more to pep about offense i think this is an offensive strategy meaning the way soccer is played it is positional Defense in basketball is positional. You you are guarding a player or you're in a zone. The whole point of this is to make sure you can cover the guy's back if he passes the ball and moves. So mm-hmm. if the Celtics, all of their guys can shoot threes, four of the five players on the floor can handle the ball and run the pick and roll, you're able to really ask any of the five starters, except for Porzingis, to run the pick and roll or be the roll man or be standing in the corner and it can be fluid or cutting off the ball, whatever you decide you want to do with your offense. You are hearing it from somebody that is not gifted in the X's and O's, but I can tell you right now, the more movement you have playing basketball, the better. If everybody's standing around, it gets stale. The fans notice and you're probably not scoring a lot of points. Correct. (laughs) That's why Porzingis didn't really thrive in Dallas because he was standing around. He wasn't really involved. Yeah, this is super interesting, though. I pre- thanks, Lucas. This was Thank this you was for cool. sending this. <clears throat> we appreciate you. I hope our uh, chat about it was somewhat intelligent. <laughs> we tried our best. Uh, what's popping? Practice makes perfect from RJ. Hello, everyone. As Samuel correctly pointed out in Tuesday's play, <laughs> how do you like being called Samuel, Sam? You a fan? Not a fan? Not really a fan. <laughs> as Sam correctly pointed out in Tuesday's podcast, our prior missive uh, incorrectly used the first person plural in referencing <laughs> the Celtics accomplishments. To atone for this deplorable oversight on our part, I shall be employing it correctly in this missive. You may at your leisure decide if, th- if this is the editorial royal or royal we. 
Uh, one thing we are curious to know more about is the practice schedule for Celtics players and off days like Monday. What sorts of things does each player work on, both from a team perspective and their individual skill development? We imagine different players have different areas of focus and work uh, with an assortment of coaching and training personnel. If you could perhaps lay out their activities in a, quote, daily calendar format, we would be grateful. As an aside, if you choose to recite our letter to your audience in a mock British accent, we would be greatly amused. But we shan't hold it against you if you did not. I absolutely did not. Please further note, as a kindness, Jack, we decided to include our usual alliterative alliterative flourishes we hope this meets your approval wishing you and all of hbtc realm continued good health we remain uh rj johnson and what smart are you, Venom? pretty much everything we for you <laughs> we are rj um unfortunately i don't really have an answer to your question we don't get to watch practice um we go to practice and we get to go down there and ask questions after practice is over but they have a screen at the practice facility, so the media can't. Um, excuse me, I have to cough. Can't do Spygate. Can't be spying and telling other yeah. teams. Yeah. Well, working. that's the thing. I don't think they'd mind if you watch practice because back in the day, like they'd allow reporters to come down and watch practice and, and be a part of it and and ask questions and stuff. But in the digital age, like they don't want people posting practice clips to social media, and so we we can't watch. So I I don't know. I can tell you by the time we get down there. Tatum is usually working on his free throws uh, and or mid middies um, with Sam Cassell and Charles Lee and them. Derek White is usually working with uh, Matt Reynolds uh, and. um, What about the guy with the crayons? What is he up to? Who's he bothering? The crayons. The crayon hand guy that has the big. Oh, that's coach. That's that's Jermaine Buckner. He works a lot with. um, He works with Tillman. Uh, he works with Jalen Brown sometimes as well. Um, if you don't know, when yeah. you go to the Celtics games, you can obviously, especially as media, if you get there early, these guys are going through their uh, little drills to get better. And, you know, part of the coaching, I guess, challenge is finding a way to make it difficult for the best in the world at playing basketball with you defending them. So Coach Buck has these big fat crayon long hands that he has like rock'em sock'em robots that he can just reach out and be wimpy pretty much so i'm a big fan of the crayons it's very funny he works with kata too he works with some of the big men Uh, as does dj mcclay he works with some of the bigs he's usually working with kp um but yeah by the time we get down there, Derek is usually still working. Tatum's usually still working out there. Um, O'Shea will sometimes we'll talk about some of the other guys. Ladies and don't don't actually want to win. Well, we just don't see them. They're probably doing it after we're gone or before we get down there. Nah, I mean those guys are always working. They wouldn't be where they're at, especially this team. These guys are so dialed in and committed to the long term goal. They they want to work. Uh, but yeah, sorry we don't have a more concrete answer for you there rj this email uh, segment this is terrible by the way but this email segment is uh just us stumbling through today i'm coughing everyone i'm sorry uh asher says about sam what happened to sam it's face not about me been a bit since i've watched did josh hart beat him up a couple nights ago forgot to mention i was talking about how how's yeah. by the way he did he did that on purpose he this was definitely yeah, intentional quit um, fucking doing this <laughs> Hauser got elbowed in the face by luke cornett coming down from a rebound um yeah luke cornett <laughs> literally murdered him that's the answer to your question let's see should i find it i think i can probably find the clip pretty easy he Dude, got this email killed. has been an attack on me you had this one rj yeah. calling me samuel fuck you guys you guys fucking suck yeah eat shit uh 
But here, here is um, here is Sam Hauser getting. Oh my god! I forgot it was that bad, dude. <clears throat> he got clobbered in the Bulls game. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's oh, your uh, man, that's your awesome. update. Uh, all right, back to the email. Uh, next one is from philip uh jb hey fellas happy bir- uh, this is happy birthday philip uh hey fellas it's another lovely day on the celtics cruise ship uh it's great to have two master of ceremonies such as yourselves one player i think is low-key different this year is jb he seems to have more volatile temper and i'm not sure it's a bad thing usually you think of players getting out of hands when their emotions bubble up but it seems jb has turned his frustrations at refs and opposing players into raw energy to drive the ball and play lockdown defense of course, there was also the Duncan incident. In both cases, I don't recall seeing this level of assertive temper in JB before the season. Maybe the disrespect he got after his contract fueled him in the background. What do you gentlemen think? Best, Phil. Uh, have you noticed it? Have you noticed a more angry JB this year? I've seen it a little. Yeah, so I thought yesterday in the press conference he was a little pissed off because he was asked about yes. uh, his offensive game last night. He was excellent, like very efficient, did a good job of attacking, posting up. And he responded by saying, yeah, I do a lot of practice on this stuff. And it's really annoying when the refs don't let me actually be physical in the post while I'm getting pushed around. And these guards are doing anything they can to try and make it hard on me. So he went out of his way to be like, yo, I'm so sick of these refs, dude. I hate them. Which was funny, (laughs) which is entertaining to listen to him. But yeah, he's definitely been playing with more anger this year, which is like you said, I think he's channeling it well. Um, So it's a good put, Philip. Yes, sir. Philip, again, moving to support the channel. Hey, fellas, with as much as you guys continue contribute to Celtics fans, I hope you will consider asking for listener support at the start of each party. We did this. Yes, yes. Uh, we appreciate you, Phil. We I always worry, like, I don't want to be annoying at the start of podcast. I don't want to just, like, start with, like, yeah, follow us, do this, do this, when you haven't even gotten a chance to listen to us. But when I saw Phil suggesting it, uh, Philip, I was like, all right, well, it seems like they're okay with it. So I don't I don't feel like a, a scumbag asking y'all to follow us at the start of the pod. Um, but okay. What's popping from Nate Bach, Sam and Jack, uh, three things. Congrats. How about them Celtics become my new first listen of the day. You have beaten hey! up the former first listen of locked on Celtics. All that hard work and content creation is playing off, paying off. At least with me. Uh, it is keep up the great work. Yeah. Get fucked. John. Get fucked. <laughs> John, yeah, who's like been you. super nice to us forever. Yeah, John, who's like an amazing person, is just like one of the best dudes. Yeah, get we got your ass. No, thanks, Nate. We appreciate thanks, you. Thanks, Nate. Um, too, I like hearing about your basketball runs, men's league, etc. Particularly about how bad other players are and what they do to annoy you. I think we can all identify, and it's fun to laugh along with you. Please keep this content on the podcast. We'll well, we have our more men's league starting the a week from Sunday, so Jack yeah. and I will be playing on the same men's league team. So you are gonna get uh. You'll get plenty more. More and more content. Up to this point, we've just been playing in the same pickup runs. Now we're in actual league, so we'll get uh, we'll get plenty of stories for you. Uh, three, the last roster spot. I've heard rumblings of Blake Griffin. Auto, auto that's fire. Auto Porter Jr. is sick. Uh, Alexei Pokusevsky. <clears throat> sorry. And even a quote from Isaiah Thomas that will be willing to join the team. Sorry, Isaiah. I don't think it's ever going to happen, even though the fans would love to have you back. Do you think they fill the last spot? Uh, who would you like to see on the roster? Would you rather get a quote ring chaser vet or take a flyer on a young guy headed next year? Can't wait for the next pod. Nate boss. Yes, sir. We got you one. I don't think it matters Two, I think they'll hold the last spot for Blake Griffin as long as they can. And three in the end, I think it'll just go to Nimi Ishkata and get him on a standard deal. That That is my prediction. I would prefer that it goes to a ring chasing vet 
because we've talked about this damn last roster spot at nauseum. And the only real takeaway I think we've landed on that I was like, yes, I think this is actually worth it is when the guy you're bringing in, obviously is not going to play. So what is he going to give you in terms of off the court stuff? What's he going to do for the vibes? And that's why Blake Griffin is everybody's favorite. Cause everybody loves Blake Griffin. Derek White and Peyton Pritchard talked about Blake Griffin on part of my take. Big Cat called him up. And you could tell just by the little conversation they all had, that guy's hilarious. Everybody loves having him around. And even if he's just there, doesn't even have a jersey on under the warmups, everybody's happier. They're like, this rules. It's great to have him around. So it doesn't have to be Blake Griffin. It could be somebody else. You mentioned Isaiah Thomas. I don't know if Isaiah is going to give you that same kind of vibe because he seems to be a dog and wants to compete even though he said that he would gladly just show up and try and help in the leadership way. I don't know, but any way you can find it to bring in good vibes, go for it. I don't really care for the flyer on the young guy at this point. You have a few in the G league, like Nimi is one on a two way deal that you're, you have him. You have drew Peterson who seems like he may be in line to be Hauser when Hauser's contract expires. And of course, Jordan Walsh, who has that long, long wingspan. That I did not know about until like a couple <clears> days ago. Yeah it's crazy i will say also thank y'all for the comments of your blake griffin dunking uh views you guys seeing him dunk those those fun i enjoyed reading those um all right next thing from nate buck again nick nurse is an abomination to coaching versus celtics fellas the past five years or so i've hated watching the celtics play nick nurse coach teams his stupid facial expressions sideline antics and crying to referees are all infuriating um, we can all remember the game in the bubble when he stood in the corner and positioned himself to look like an open shooter tatum passed the ball to him turnover some say this is that is why he is a good coach. Apparently, he has to do these kinds of nonsensical behaviors to be a good coach. I love all the Nick Nurse hate in the link below. I know you can't do anything with the video on the podcast, but if you get to watch it another time, enjoy. It's from the Awful Coaching channel. Wow. The video is titled, for those wondering, um, Nick Nurse is an abomination to coaching versus the Celtics. Uh, it's phenomenal. I saw okay. this video pop in my recommended feed today before Nate's email. I just want to watch the, the first 10 seconds. I don't care if this video gets like demonetized because the first line that I heard was like, maybe okay, you can hear it. It let me know if you can hear it. What is Buddy Heel doing here? Yep. You have to have someone rotate to the corner anyways. So come all the way over and then double baseline. What are you waiting for? Like, again, you rotate to the corner, then Tobias Harris to the wing, who <laughs> right at the top of the key and Max, who end up up top on Derek White. Why are you waiting to double here? <laughs> rim this will just for <laughs> i i would sit here and watch this entire seven minute video on the street on the pod but i don't think that's good content so we will not but that no, was all time so. i'm gonna watch that video later too. <laughs> uh, all right last thing though i may actually start watching that channel after that 10 seconds because i admittedly don't know a lot about the x's and o's i can watch a basketball game and be like Me they're too. playing good basketball they're not playing good basketball but i can't tell you a whole lot about what they actually are supposed to be doing as you saw when we did the little soccer email i was like uh, i had nothing for you but i mean as somebody in the past that has been a big i think nick nurse is the biggest rat of all time guy respect w i was in the same room w as nick nurse yesterday i was shook i said nothing i should have been like you're a rat but i didn't i bit my tongue <laughs> Get imagine imagine if i said that everyone would be like what the fuck dude disaster all right last email from rj what's popping inconceivable morning guys another tuesday night game on tnt against the division rival another victory right 
well, not quite. Every win means it was a good game, of course, but let's give mm-hmm. Nick Nurse and Philly their due. They came in with ICU Sixers and found a way to flummox the Seas for the first half. The second half, Boston came out and applied the lessons they learned in the first 24 minutes to eventually defeat Maxi and his ragtag band, sorry, of the hiccups. Jokes are made about the Celtics, quote, playing with their food, but this game reminded me of the epic sword fight scene in The Princess Bride where the two opponents seemed evenly matched until the moment the man in black calmly states, I'm not left-handed either, and goes on to frustrate <laughs> and defeat an ego. The Celtics are that good. Analogy. It does feel like the Celtics are playing lefty. Um, what people often forget from that movie is that Inigo uh, and Fezzik, uh is that Inigo and Fezzik, they've been the best swordsmen, the strongest fighter, and they've reduced their co- current status by not finding ways of challenging themselves. That sort of reminds me of the past few almost but not quite Celtics teams. While they achieved remarkable regular season greatness, for whatever reasons, they just fell short of their ultimate goal. So far, this year's team has not fallen prey to basking in the glow of their own accomplishments. <clears throat> Masterminding is all about Celtics' own man in black coach, Missoula, who has studied soccer and cinema instead of swordplay and wrestling. Sometimes this banter with certain members of the press reminds me of Carrie uh, Elwes' dry retort to Wallace Shawn. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. Why this particular ramble? Because just as players can get bored of success, members of the media can too readily fall back on the storylines they've been wanting to write about rather than reporting a story that's in front of them. It becomes easier to try to show off or stir drama than just do the work. If the Celtics stay on their current course, I suspect we'll see more of these sorts of mediocre articles between now and the start of the playoffs. Not from YouTube, though, which is why I keep coming back from eight to HBTC. Keep up the great work and be well. Uh, and sometimes the grandfather. I love these little like addendums he puts at the end of his, his emails. <clears throat> Thanks, RJ. We appreciate Thanks. you. Um, Thank you, RJ, lo- by the way, who <laughs> yeah. uh, commented on my Celtics blog article about Al Horford. And he was like, this is great work. Thank you for this. And somebody <laughs> else was like, this is fucking stupid. Why would you write this? So you just you well, truly get all of it in the Celtics blog comments. You, all, you always get it all. Uh, I was thanks, like, wow, RJ. that's hurtful. I, I didn't feel great about this at first. Now I'm really sad. <laughs> we appreciate you, RJ. Thanks for the emails as well, guys. That was that was dope. Seeing that many emails is super cool. So thank yeah, you. So. Um, HBTCpod at gmail.com. Send us an email. All right. Let's uh, go to the NBA section. Let's see how teams have been playing. Let's see who is where. Let's see how far ahead. Uh in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics have gotten themselves. Uh, all right, NBA standings. Time for my podly type into Google while the bar dogs bark in the background at the man in our house fixing the fireplace. Uh, all right, Come to get out, dude. Here we go. That's what they're trying to do. Celtics sitting atop uh, the Eastern Conference with a healthy lead. Seven and a half games up in the Cavs, eight and a half games up on the Bucks, 11 and a half on the Knicks. Uh, Heat have climbed all the way into fifth place over the 76ers with the Celtics win. Heat have won five in a row now, eight and two in their last 10. Cavs are back to their winning ways, two in a row. Bucks have won three in a row as well. Raptors, first three game win streak of the season. Did you see what happened because of that, Sam? They said, let's go. What are they getting a pizza party? Well, earlier in the season in December, Darko Ryakovich said, when we win three games in a row, I'm going to buy- take Evernet for dinner. Uh, and they hadn't done it till now. <laughs> So um, now they will get their pizza party, uh, courtesy of Darko, who's going to foot the bill, was the whole point. Nothing worse than the party pizza for your pizza party in school. (laughs) Are you familiar with the party pizza, Jack, or no? Have we had this conversation? The big block of, like, square pizza slices? Yes, that is just sauce. (laughs) Yeah, it's bad. The Rhode Island pizza. Yeah, not a good product. Bad. Not a good – I agree. We always had it at at CCD when I was – religious growing up when i was joining the church forcing religion on the podcast mm. <laughs> not at all i'm not religious in the slightest anymore respect if you are but i have not gone to any of that anymore I-, I knew that ccd at least in my town was 
I don't want to say a sham, but when they called it off for the Super Bowl, I knew. Well, they they canceled CCD for the a Super sham. Bowl. They canceled. I don't think I've them. heard anybody like, call anything a sham in a very long time, but it is one of the better ways to insult an operation. I'll tell you that. I mean, they canceled my CCD class for the Patriots playing in the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, come on, like, <laughs> come on. So I know you know this story, but I don't think I've told it on the pod for a while. So we have a lot of new people that are not familiar with this story. The last time I went to church was, well, that was not for a funeral, was for game six of the 2020 Easter Conference Finals. It was on a Sunday, went to church, wore my Celtics polo, and they lost. It was devastating. What was game? It was game. Game six. Seven. Six of the Heat, right? Yeah. 2020 20, bubble. Yeah. And you haven't been back. <laughs> haven't been back. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, all right. Check uh, with the rest. Eastern Conference. Uh, Wizards, Sam. 12. <laughs> Wizards. Uh-oh. 12 in a row. Pistons. When did the Pistons play the Wizards again? Do they have another game? They won. Pistons won. No, no, no. I know they won. But when do we? I'm going to look it up so you don't have to. Oh, I don't think they play them again. I think they've already played them. Oh, no. I'll double check my work, but. I'm doing um, it right now. March 29th. Yes, I was wrong. <clears throat> April 14th, Pistons' last game of the season. They play Wemby. That's going to be a big one for <laughs> lottery odds. Something tells me Wemby won't play in that game. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's the last one uh, of the year. All right. Western Conference, Timberwolves have won two in a row. Thunder up to six in a row. They're eight and two in the last ten. Nuggets of three in a row. Clippers just lost one, but they're still up there fighting for a top four seed. Uh, Suns, Kings, Mavs, Warriors, Lakers all fighting in that next realm. Kings are slowly sliding five and five. Warriors eight and two. They're playing well. And then the bottom of the West is at the bottom for a reason. They're terrible. It's it's tragic down there. <laughs> yeah, the Kings sliding kind of sucks for them. It's what you expected this year because it felt like the West got a little bit better. Phoenix probably got better. Uh, the Pelicans got better. The Clippers got better. Denver won a title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota and OKC. Well, OKC was bound to get better, but I don't think anybody thought Minnesota would be this good except RJ. And it just kind of added up to the point where, oh, yeah, the Kings have to fall below at least some of these teams, and they've slid down to seventh. So that kind of sucks for them. They were an exciting team to root for last year. I was excited about them going to the playoffs. It was cool that they finally had a playoff series for the first time in forever. Mm-hmm. hopefully they get another one this year and hopefully it's a competitive one mm-hmm. yeah i'm excited dude the western conference playoffs like i are you you dislike the play-in or like the play-in i forget your thoughts on the play-in. i don't really care for the play-in especially like when it like gives the lakers another avenue to get in like i remember the first play-in was well the celtics were in it but also the lakers played the warriors and it was like all right like this is kind of fucking stupid the lakers just shouldn't have gotten the playoffs plain and simple <laughs> Because they had to win two games to get in the play-in or get in the playoffs. Did they? No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, they were 7-8 game. They were the 7th seed, so they would have been in anyway. I need to stop talking. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, the play-in is going to be very interesting this year because, like, 7-10 through are all playoff caliber, excuse me, teams. So it'll be fun. And I was listening to um, Front Office Show with Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. They made a good point. Like, how mad are you if you're the Timberwolves? You work your ass off all year to finally be the one seed. And you just get like Steph Curry, Luca, or LeBron in the first round. <laughs> you got to be not very happy. 
Yeah, I would be none too pleased if that was the case. <clears throat> it doesn't sound very fun. Yeah, all right. Moving away from the standings here. Next thing we got is Joel Embiid could potentially return in March. This is from Woj. Uh, he said it on an ESPN show. I forget which one. There's too many of them. Um, but basically said Embiid could be back in March. He said that's the goal. I uh, said, quote, I think there's some hope that they can get him back in the court sometime in late March. And I saw a quote tweet on Twitter that says, if the quote hope is to get him back late March, that doesn't leave me a ton of confidence in their ability to get him back to where he was beforehand by the playoffs. <laughs> it's like Robert or, Williams. When I hear hope, it's just them being like, shit, we got nothing without this guy. He better get back. Yeah. As we saw yesterday, they, they certainly could use him. Brutal. Kind of sucks. Yeah, we only got to see him play the Celtics a couple times this year. Didn't get to play Why? the Garden at all. You want to see him beat I, him more? <laughs> I, I just think it like makes the games more fun. Like yesterday was great and all, but it would be more fun if he played. 100%. No, I agree with you. Uh, okay. Next thing. Speaking of fun, the Hornets have signed Alexia uh, Poku. Poku's on the Hornets. I saw all of Hornets Twitter saying, wow, the vibes have turned around. Uh, it's, it's fun now. Like they're messing around. They're bringing in fun guys. Uh, the Grant Williams Pokushevsky front court is going to feed families. That's for me, not Hornets Twitter. I hope they feed uh, Poku. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then they proceeded to lose by 50 to the Bucks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Poku act in Charlotte. It's getting murdered by the Bucks like that. The Grant Williams miracle playoff push is over. They're dead. Time to tank. <laughs> yeah, they were the going to make the playoffs. The Hornets are sneaky in a better spot, though. Like, Grant's playing well for them. Brandon Miller's been playing great basketball. Trey Mann. will be back next year. Trey Mann has played well since joining them. Like, they have things to actually be excited about. Like, if you look at them versus looking at the Wizards, if I was a Wizards fan, I'd be heated. I got to watch Jordan Poole fumble around out there and throw up air balls. I'd be devastated. Do you, um, have you seen Toy Story? Yeah. Which have you one? seen all of them? Like, I have not the- seen three or four. Okay, well, there's a scene, one of the concepts of um, three or four is, like, Andy gives his toys away to another girl, and, like, he's, like, passing it down or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he's going to college, and so he gives his toys away, and (laughs) I saw me, and I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. It was him giving the toys away, and it was Andy is the thunder, the toys are the thunder bench, Sam Presti handing his toys to the Hornets, like, here you go, <laughs> here's Trey Man, Vessel, and Chichit, and Poku, like, here, here's your 15 through 17 guys, uh, here you go, Charlotte, guys, and they've all, like, use and they've all played, like, really well, good. yeah, <laughs> so I thought that was super funny, literally, no, they just fucking handing them scraps, <laughs> Like you go have fun with this. Uh that was that was phenomenal. But uh yeah, Poku now a hornet. <clears throat> I don't think he played last night, but yes. Uh next thing, Trey Young got finger surgery. Um <laughs> now I'm gonna preface this. Anytime you have to go under anesthesia, like I, I don't like it. Like it freaks me out a little bit, like just being knocked out and completely unconscious for surgery. <clears throat> yeah, it doesn't seem what'd you get? Like wisdom teeth out or something? Wisdom teeth. Yeah, that's that's what me too. But um, Trey Young had a finger surgery, and while I completely understand and can sympathize with the idea of being scared about surgery, <laughs> him tweeting made it through uh, <laughs> with like this image after <laughs> finger surgery is just like it it's a funny like visual. Died. I'm, 
I'm very glad he's okay. Look at him. Oh, I thought he was dapping somebody up. I thought he was dapping somebody up like he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I made it through that. I'm very glad he's okay, obviously. And, again, surgery is not a joke. Like, I'm I'm good. Good. It's just the finger. I actually respect him having finger surgery instead of being like, I'm just not going to play for the year because my finger's fucked. Like, this this is an action that he's trying to get back on the basketball court. Yeah, respect. But, yeah. Finger surgery made it through. To, uh, made it through in the hospital radio. bed. <laughs> I he did uh, contextualize like that was his first surgery, so like I can understand why he was not too pleased or freaked out. But um, and perhaps the funniest thing we're going to talk about today, he uh, should just I mean, call, he, sh- he literally should have just <laughs> captured it ready for your mom now and just fucking moved on. Uh, that's not the funniest thing we're talking about today. We're going to get to uh, Damian Lillard fucking hates Milwaukee. <laughs> He despises Milwaukee. Um, this was a quote from where is this from? Bill Simmons? No, uh, Chris Mannix. Mannix. This is a quote uh, from Dame. He said this, right? Dame said this. Dame said to that. Chris Mannix. Yes. Uh, this is him describing his life in Milwaukee. Go to practice. Go home. Watch boxing. Play video games. Man, I type in boxing website. Fight hype on YouTube a hundred times a day and be praying for something new to be on there. <laughs> Seriously, I don't have much of a life. Just him like typing it in, waiting for new content is so funny. Because I think it's, we've all done that with certain things, whether it's yeah. like you're just waiting. How about the Celtics? You guys yeah. Wait, yeah. Every day. That one day YouTube made our video come out like, you guys like, where is it? Where is it? Yeah. That that was me. And maybe if he just subscribed to us, he would have content every single day. He wouldn't have to worry about fight net or whatever, fight hype being. Uh... This is, uh, this is all time though. <laughs> this is so funny. I just, I. I just imagine, like, is it my time to watch something new yet? <laughs> oh, my, he, man wanted to be in Miami. <laughs> now he's in Milwaukee. That's such brutal. Like, don't feel bad. I gotta be. I feel bad I about the divorce. That, but... Don't feel bad about this. He fucking hates it out there. He can't do it. <laughs> he's he's struggling. Just man, like, struggling. oh, you signed that lucrative contract for the next six years, and you got overpaid for the back end of it, and then you requested a trade. Oh. Huh. It's funny you don't get to pick where you go when you get traded. That's the whole point. That's why you go into free agency. And I get it. Portland got assets back. Yes, yes. But the whole summer thing was just annoying. That's all. James not a fan. All right. Uh let's go with Ratless Sam. Would you like to kick it off? What you got? Uh well Ratless YouTube. And and you can jump in on it too. Fair. Yesterday, <laughs> uh I woke up to a message on our Twitter account from RJ. Saying, hey, no video this morning. Are you guys okay? <laughs> and it turns out that YouTube was having some sort of issue where I guess whatever video you upload just doesn't show up for everybody. So it kind of sucked. Jack had to wake up early. Shout out to Henry, who was the human alarm clock and busted in, uh, unlike today, and got Jack out of bed. Jack fixed it, found out YouTube was having a universal issue, and it was not just our problem. But yeah. Kind of fucked our video from yesterday. Definitely not as many people would have seen it. I mean, more people would have seen it if it was up at five. Listen, <laughs> I'm so mad at YouTube because, well, you, you, I think your first instinct was this motherfucker didn't upload the video. <laughs> I, well, I mean, if you, if someone's like, hey, the video is not up, what am I going to think? No, you're not wrong, but I, I texted you back. I'm like, I, I was like the angry like receipts guy. Like I fucking posted it. I don't what the fuck you want from me. No, I mean um, I was like okay, yeah. Then something happened. 
I didn't see uh, RJ's message to the pod account because it was like answered and it didn't pop up as like unread. It is yeah. hilarious that he said, uh, <laughs> I hope y'all are okay. Yeah, he's like, I hope you didn't <laughs> die. <laughs> that is great. Um, yeah, no, YouTube, like I got on support with them and I waited through a line of like 150 people. And by the time I got up there, I explained the issue and their entire response was like, yeah, we're aware of it. We're working on it. Anything else? I'm like, no, but like fucking fix it like what do you mean anything else uh, i just ended up having to re-upload the whole video um and it's up again fine now but i think it fucked the viewership a little bit so appreciate y'all uh who tuned in but yeah youtube definitely ratless there <clears throat> um ratless uh mopeds or fake motorcycles so I, I was told sam this yesterday i was driving into the garden um on like not on the highway yet though <clears throat> it was just in, like the back roads of my town getting to the highway and I was going through a green light um, and I see a guy on my left. So this was two lanes here. Left was left turn only and my lane was going straight or right. And so I was going straight. This guy in a little moped thinks the rules don't apply to him. He's trying to pass me on the left. I'm like, it's left turn only. Like you can't be there. And so I sped up to get past him. So he went behind me and <clears throat> excuse me. And then there was a red car in front of me turning left. I don't know why I had to specify it was red. This car in front of me turning left. And so it was like pulled over to the left side of the lane. So like people could get around it while it's waiting to turn. And I'm about to like go around it and turn. The moped speeds by me on my right. Like just be, like just because you're a fucking rink-a-dink shitty moped doesn't mean you don't have to follow traffic rules. I could have killed you. I was about to. I was. I was half a second away from speed, like going around this car and running you over, like, and I wouldn't have felt bad about it. You're an asshole. Like, shouldn't be on the road. I don't think this thing was street legal either. Like, this wasn't a, a motorcycle or a like a a bike. This was like a a off roading dirt bike thing, like that shouldn't have been on the street. So, ratless that like the people who on motorcycles who don't think they have to follow the rules of the road same thing for bicycles who can just feel like they can run red lights and go around you i, I was you remember when i was behind a a school bus and a fire truck the other day there was yes. a fucking bike on my ass like get out of the way like uh, i hate bikes get the fuck out of here uh anyways yeah i got angry uh ratless this guy on twitter dm me he was really fucking mean uh so my twitter account in my bio I have a bunch of things. One of them is avid knower of ball just because it's fucking stupid. That's funny. And uh, I get a DM request yesterday and I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is about. Maybe somebody read something I wrote or something like that. And this guy just goes, I wouldn't say avid ball knower. Fraud. The fuck? <laughs> fucking he did. You respond? Did you respond? No, I didn't respond. What do I care? Well, I want to say like, <laughs> I don't know why he messaged you. I probably tweeted something mean about the Knicks. I don't know. Wasn't a Knicks fan? Do you have confirmation? No, it's like some account for a podcast. I really don't know like what team they support. Irrelevant. That's cool. <laughs> Losers. I remember when I wrote um... Knicks followers. <clears throat> yeah, bum. I remember when I wrote for Hoops Habit for Fan Sided. I would write trade proposals, and I get a ton of like, like go jump off a building like this sucks you're terrible like you laugh but like genuinely i wonder if i can find them <clears throat> they're probably pretty far down i know i remember writing a Dejounte murray trade article that everyone got mad at when he was on the spurs and then he got fucking traded <laughs> and i was like oh look at that it's almost like i knew it's almost like i knew that he should probably eventually get traded um let me see not for nothing you've him. been pretty spot on with the hey maybe this guy will be on the celtics 
I try my best. <laughs> I do, in fact, try my best. Um, let's see. I don't think. God, I have so many, uh, <laughs> so many uh, emails. Um, Hoops have it. I think it was in that era. God, this is gonna be way too hard to find, isn't it? But yeah, no, I just remember one in specific, and I usually respond to them too because once you like, um, oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Your trade ideas are so ass that the narrative you push for big market teams to get stronger while pushing assets that don't equal, you don't deserve to be an NBA beat writer. Go right for the Knicks. At least their fans will care for your pipe dreams. And I just responded, thanks! Exclamation point. <laughs> um, there was one. Uh, the DeJounte trade article made me want to jump off something high. Can't believe you wrote articles like that. Oh, you're a Boston writer. Keep dreaming. And I said, thank you. You should have um, been like, should have. And then just move on. Dejounte is only leaving if Dejounte wants to leave. Hmm, interesting, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> well, he did leave. I wonder what my sisters came to my room. I'm recording something. I don't know why my door is open. What's up? Hi. Can you come back after I'm done? A podcast till I'm even. When am I recording till till I'm done recording? Can you can you come back after I'm done? when no no for, we can talk about this when i'm done i'll be done in 15 minutes leave grace is high hello podcast get out <laughs> uh anyways um <laughs> please leave what the fuck? What the, i'm gonna leave it in. i don't know what the hell that was um <laughs> such a dick for no reason me <laughs> are you I, no I, me no, get out um I'm so thrown off now. I was it scared the shit out of me. You were done. You had gone through some hate mail. Oh my god! Yes. Um, I did find my Dejounte Murray trade though. Um, for what it's worth, <laughs> the value they got back in return so much better than what they actually got. <laughs> like I had quickly Obi Toppin, Cam Reddish, and two firsts and a pick swap, which is like way more than they got. Yeah, not uh, bad. I had um. Uh, PJ Washington, Book Knight, uh, and three firsts, because uh, it was like fresh off his All Star season. And then I had Lou Dort, Poku, Teo Maladon, and like five firsts, because they can overpay. Like they got three firsts and Gala fucking Nari. What do you, like? What do you? <laughs> you're a moron. <laughs> I overvalued it. You're just getting mad. Anyways, um, yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, Ratlist DMs people who like get mad at me. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Ratlist. So I talked to you about this in person, but you ever? I was in traffic yesterday, so I had a little bit of time to to look around. But sometimes you'll be behind people driving too, and the bumper sticker crowd has always been remarkable to me. Just in general, just plastering shit all over the back of your car. But my favorite. Of all the bumper sticker people are the people that use bumper stickers to tell you too bad that I'm bad at driving. It's like, yes, I'm going to drive 55 in a 65. Deal with it. Yes, I'm driving slow. I'm going the speed limit. Deal with it. It's like, fuck you. If you had to get a bumper sticker to tell everybody off, you know that you're doing something that is at least out of the norm and annoying. I'm not going to say wrong because technically you're going the speed limit. I will. Wrong. Fuck off. You're being a scumbag and then being like, yeah, deal with it. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, fucking bitch. 
<laughs> you told him. You got him. Yeah. <laughs> you got, got their him. ass. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Drivers, I can't do it. They're, they're the worst. That, that gets me so angry. Um, I feel like I had something else, too. Uh, Ratlist, the T. The green line is just shut down again for no fucking reason. Uh, I just took the orange line last night, so it was okay, but it was odd. There was a this person came up to me on the tee, like um, I picked up a dollar that was like on the floor next to me. They go, "This yours?" I'm like, "It's not mine." They're like, "Okay," and they just pocketed a dollar off the ground. I'm like, "Thank you." Um, there, but there were a lot of um characters out last night on the tee. There was this guy like I just had my headphones. It was one of those nights where you just put your headphones on, you look down at your phone, and you're like, "All right." We're just gonna, we're gonna keep down. We're gonna look forward. And we're gonna keep walking. Um, so that was that was cool last night. But yeah, the tease, tease mess. It's not not a fun time. Rat list people who take too long at the fucking register. Yeah. Anything. So yesterday I went to the game. Jack went to the game. I arrived at the garden before Jack did. It coming in on the train. I drove in. I parked and so on. To kilt, I wanted to wait for Jack to go in. I like going in with him because I truly just don't really know the whole maze that it's is a maze. The underground of the garden. So to kill time, I'm like, all right, like I'll get a Starbucks coffee. I also went to Star Market and got like gum. But I, I'm like, all right, I'll get a coffee. So I'm in line at Starbucks and I'm sitting there and the cashier is having a five minute long conversation with somebody who's trying to pay cash. Which I don't know why you're paying cash anymore either. It's just you're slowing everything down. But I couldn't figure out for the life of me what the hell they were actually talking about. But I'm pretty sure they ordered like five chocolate croissants. So I'm watching this guy take out the croissants, put them in the heater that Starbucks has one at a time. He's just like, all right, five chocolate croissants. And they just like take them and leave. I was like, what is going on here? What is the whole? I went up there. I said, can I please have this drink? They said yes. I paid them and moved on. No longer than a minute. I was ready to go. I knew what I wanted. I had my payment method yep. out, ready to be scanned. You have a responsibility when you are at the front of the line to get on with your purchase. Nobody wants to sit there and wait and watch you argue with the cashier. And the cashier doesn't care about whatever your problem is. I'll tell you that right now. They do not care. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'm not even convinced it really matters how much you get paid anymore. It's more about, do I own this store? No, I don't care. It's not my problem. <laughs> Man. Um, Ratlist Knicks fans. Uh, my turn. Oh! <clears throat> yeah, so I posted... This was this is old. I should have talked about this sooner, but I like... I am all gym. for this. Go on. So I need to find it. But I posted a video... Uh, when Jalen Brown did the super cool um, lock, you know what I'm saying? Uh, when he, yes, the, he d- defended Jalen Brunson, put him he, in like, his did the whole clamp up. Let me, you know, show That's off that about. I defended him super well. I don't think I think he's putting on a. Seat oh my god! Belt. What? All right, so this doesn't really mean anything to the show. I'm sorry, <laughs> I really should not have. But Richard Lewis died. I don't know who that is. Do I know who that is? He's a comedian that was on Curb Your Enthusiasm for years, and Curb Your Enthusiasm is in its final season. And I'm pretty sure the episode with Lewis, the one episode, is already aired. So I, I didn't know he passed away. Oh, that's sad. <clears throat> that is sad. All right. Sorry. Fuck Knicks fans. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I posted this video to Twitter. Um, I said, let's see. 
Jalen Brown locked up Jalen Brunson to let everyone know with the clamps, right? <clears throat> he follows him in the lane, gets back in front, stops him from driving, stops him from driving again, drives him into Porzingis. And then he does switches back, and then he does the seatbelt. I think it's a seatbelt. Put him belt. in his like pocket. He's, he's got Jalen Brunson in his pocket. He's not going anywhere. A, I don't think it's a pocket. I think it's a seatbelt. Regardless, right? That's what they do in <clears throat> soccer. They say, I have in my pocket. Regardless, he goes, let everyone know with the clamps. Now, this got 1.2 thousand... Uh, views now you might think oh or likes now you might think i the reason i posted this uh celtics fans like it when Celtics players do cool shit and jalen brown did something cool right he he played solid defense he stopped them it's also nice to see more defensive highlights out there to be honest with you right not even just a blocker steal just like a good defensive possession lock um i posted this and all Knicks fans could say, bro, you only did this because of porzingis you're a moron like porzingis was the whole thing he was cooking him the whole blah blah Guys, Knicks fans, morons, they were in drop coverage. That is the defensive scheme they were in. Jalen Brown executed the defensive scheme. Look, okay, we're playing drop. Drive him into Porzingis, cut off the passing lane. Cover him, drive him back in, cut off the passing lane. Right, Switch off, get, stay on Brunson, boom. Shot clock violation. That is phenomenal defense by Jalen Brown. Did Porzingis have a huge impact on the play because of his drop defense? Yes, he played excellent drop defense. But Jalen Brown did the fucking super cool clamp thing because he also played good defense. And you're just mad that they fucking stopped Jalen Brunson on this play. I am aware how drop defense works. Look, this is great defense by him, but he's cutting off the passing lane and getting back into position so they can switch back. It is a two-man-ish thing here, right? You Are you fucking stupid? Like, I'm not the dumb one here. You don't know how defensive schemes work. Yes, Jalen Brown got help from drop defense, but that's because that's what they were fucking doing. That was their plan. He executed the defense well. Like, are you are you fucking serious? Are you stupid? My favorite part of this is you, like, being bewildered that some dumbass casual fan doesn't know what a defensive scheme is. Dude, well, no, the thing is, they know what a defensive scheme is. They know, like, Porzingis was in drop, of course. Yeah, and so it's Jalen's job to force him into the drop, cut out the passing lane, and get back in front. Like, I, I don't get what's so confusing. You guys are complaining that I'm right. Like, are you? Are we stupid? Uh, Why are Nick you fans. booing me? I'm right. Well, Knicks yeah. fans are just the worst. And th- this is a let it be, let it be known. Let this be an example of why I need to stop seeing people have a circle jerk for the Knicks and their fans anytime they might be a little bit good. Oh, they deserve this. They've had to watch so many seasons of bad basketball. Good. They don't deserve this. They're fucking asshole, dumbass, entitled people. You see what Zion said about them. Zion said, um, New York is the mecca of basketball. You can tell the fans are really behind the Knicks. But for me, I'm good in New Orleans. (laughs) Yeah, he had to say that because he was having this whole, like, I want to play for the Knicks thing for the first, like, four years of his career. What a guy. Uh, listen. I guess technically this is year four. Knicks fans suck. Uh, okay, go ahead. You you brought me aboard, Sam. I get that. I was like, what are we doing? Guys? They they are fucking like ignoramus people. Just terrible. and I love Knicks film school. Those guys like Andrew G Mac. He's a beast. I'll keep saying that on the show. Go yeah, watch. I, I can't school. speak to that. They're awesome. They're phenomenal people. They're very smart. They know the game. They're awesome. Nick's casual. My, my gripe is purely with the they deserve this. Can we all yeah. be happy for Nick's fans? And no. To be, to be perfectly no. clear, there are also plenty of Boston casuals who are just as bad. Yeah, we, <laughs> like, we talk shit about them too. 
Yes. So it's it's an equal shit talking storm. We talk shit about them too, but but quit quit saying Knicks fans deserve it. I saw somebody <laughs> that is notable on Celtics. I'm not going to name drop them. Tweet about it like a week or two ago, and I was like, "What the fuck are we doing?" <laughs> like, shut I the fuck know up. Who. You shut tell up. Yeah, I'll tell you after. I think I sent you this. Maybe you did. I was paying attention then. All right, you got more? That's it. That was a good end. I hate I I hate their fans. <laughs> I hope they lose in the first round. I hope that fat fuck bing bong guy has a terrible playoffs. <laughs> I love the bing bong. Bing bong might be my favorite thing. They won a regular season opener and acted like they were hanging a banner. I love bing bong. I love Bing Bong. Bing Bong's so sick. That's like the one the one Knicks thing I like. Uh, all right. Those are the guys mad at you in the defensive comments. I know, but I like Bing Bong. I'm a mm. sucker. I'm a sucker for a good meme. Anyways, thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it very much. <clears throat> Make sure to subscribe to How About Them Celtics. Leave a like on the video. Follow us on the podcast platforms. Turn the notification bell on so you know when we're live. Video drops at 5 a.m. every morning. Uh, I'll let Sam take it out. Yeah, like we said at the beginning of the show, subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell so you don't miss any of our daily videos. We have pods Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Game recaps the day after games, pregame shows, 30 minutes before each game. We're here no matter what, so come hang out. It's a ton of fun. You can find us on Spotify and Apple. The audio versions of the full pods and game recaps are always there. So if you follow us, they go right to your inbox. Leave a five-star review. Say something nice. As you saw today, everybody sent in the emails. If you want to join them, hbtcpod at gmail.com is the address to send your thoughts to. You can also reach out to us on socials at How About Them Seas. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Facebook is just the name of the pod. Our streams are there and on YouTube and also on Twitter. Jack's Twitter is at Jack Simone NBA. Mine is at Sam LaFrance NBA. It's it for us.